Hello and welcome to another episode of Cracking Addiction. My name is Philippe Naren and I'm joined as always by Fergal Armstrong. In the episode of Cracking Addiction today, we're going to talk about methadone and the intricacies of this medication that's been around for quite some time. So methadone was invented in the 1940s in Germany and it is a synthetic mu receptor agonist and it is initially discovered and delivered for pain medication and it comes as both tablets and liquids. The tablets are used for pain relief and the liquid is used for opioid substitution therapy. Now Fergal, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about methadone and its bioavailability and the pharmacology of it and hopefully we can provide the listeners today with a bit of information about methadone. So Fergal, can you explain to me how methadone came to be used for opioid substitution when it was initially discovered and used for pain management? Yeah, so the history of methadone is, is absolutely fascinating. And as you say, it was developed in the early 1940s in Germany. It was taken to the States as part of the spoils of war after World War II. And then it was used widely as, as an analgesic agent. And it was given to children for colic. It was, it was a treatment for toothache. It was a treatment for period pain, dysmenorrhea. But then babies started dying, and so it was basically you know, avoided. Then Dole and Neiswander in 1965 published the first paper in which they described the use of methadone to treat uh, heroin addiction in a cohort of patients who'd been discharged from a New York prison system. And they, they showed that methadone could stop heroin use and keep uh, people out of prison. And that was the first time it, it became recognized as what we understand it today as opioid replacement therapy. After 1965, it then made its way to Australia. And, and since, since the, the late 60s, early 70s, it's really been the gold standard uh, against which all other opioid replacement therapies are compared. So that's how it began its journey. I suppose we need to then understand why does methadone work as opioid replacement therapy? What's, what are the unique properties of methadone that allow us to use it within opioid replacement therapy? Would you like to comment on that? Absolutely. And there's quite a few reasons why we do use methadone for opioid replacement therapy. The first one being that it is a full agonist of the mu receptor. Uh, so it targets the same receptor that heroin targets. The second is that it has a relatively quick action. So you will get onset of effects of methadone within 30 to 60 minutes after taking methadone orally. Uh, the peak effects are usually around three to six hours from taking methadone. And it has a very long half-life. So we've talked in earlier episodes how heroin has quite a short half-life. People who are addicted to heroin go through withdrawal in a matter of hours after taking heroin. Whereas methadone with its long half-life, and it does depend on how much methadone you've used, and we'll talk about stabilization on therapy a bit later on, but a standard amount of methadone, so as in one dose of methadone, usually has a half-life of between 12 to 18 hours, maybe a mean of 15 hours. But once you're on methadone and stabilized, so after seven or eight days on methadone, the half-life can go from anywhere between 17 to 47 hours, maybe with a mean of around 24 hours, so a day. So it kind of 
gets the patient out of that cycle of withdrawal and seeking substances to uh, alleviate the withdrawal symptoms. So those are the main aspects of methadone and also the time for stabilization. The guidelines usually say that it takes between three to 10 days to stabilize on methadone. So those off the top of my head are some of the main benefits of methadone for opioid stabilization therapy and why we use it for, for opioid stabilization therapy. Does that agree with your clinical experience, Virgil? Yeah, so, so for me, the most important aspect of methadone's pharmacology in ORT is its long half-life, as you say. And, uh, you know, if you look at various sources, various books will say, will say different half-lives. But I, I basically consider methadone's half-life as 24 hours or more. But it, it is significantly variable, and we'll get into the variability in, in, in a moment. The other reason why I think that methadone is a really good uh, choice for opioid replacement therapy is because of its NMDA receptor antagonism. So it, it, it calms people down. It wraps people in a warm cotton wool blanket and makes things just easier to deal with. And that's a very useful effect when you're dealing with people who have been traumatized. And let's face it, you know, people with heroin use disorder there's always a reason why they've gone on to heroin. So there's, you know, there's, then there's usually trauma associated with heroin use of one shape or form. And so methadone really does help some people deal with the trauma, the anxiety that is also present in their lives and, and is perhaps driving ongoing opioid use. So for those two reasons, I, I think methadone is a, is a gold standard. But it's not, it's not without its problems. So Absolutely. How would you describe the, the, the problems of methadone use? So the, the problems of methadone use are, are that it is an opioid medication and there is always a risk of overdose and toxicity if too much is ingested or the dose is increased too rapidly. And because it has such a long half-life, there is always a danger with increasing the dose too rapidly, starting on too high a dose and allowing mm. that accumulated toxicity to build up in a patient who may be somewhat opioid naive. And then the risks of opioid overdose do rear their head, unfortunately. And as we've talked in previous episodes, one of the highest risk times of overdose for a patient is at the time of initiation of opioid substitution therapy. Isn't that yeah. right, Fergal? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've, I've read in certain sources that, you know, the evening of day three is the highest risk of death. But yeah, I mean, overzealous induction of methadone is, is a significant risk factor for death. So starting on too high a dose or increasing the dose too rapidly. And the reason why this is such an issue is because of the long half-life. So you really don't know the full clini clinical effect of a given dose of methadone until you've actually waited for five half-lives. And if, as you say, the half-life is 16 to 18 hours, well, that's less than five days. But if the half-life is a day, well, then that's five days. And for some people, actually, the half-life can be up to two to two and a half days. So you, you, you need to wait at least five half-lives in an individual uh, patient to actually get the full effect. How do you actually determine what an, an individual's half-life is? Well, it's so variable that no one clinically does. So you just have to then have a, a, a rough ground rule of what, of how long you're going to wait. So, 
How long do you wait to leap in before you increase the dose? Well, or rather, can I just rephrase that question? What is your induction regime? So the answer for this is a bit controversial and the answer is it depends. So if I'm in my GP clinic, I will usually have a starting dose of 30 milligrams of methadone, potentially 20 milligrams if I'm concerned about the patient or there's some instability or some significant at-risk behaviour. But for most people, it will be 30 milligrams as a once-daily dose. In a hospital situation where the patient is admitted and I can monitor them and I have nursing staff around who can assist me if there is any complication with methadone, I usually split the dose and I will probably start at between 15 or 20 milligrams BD or twice a day and see where we go. A lot of the time when people are admitted into hospital and we're inducting them on methadone, it's due to some other medical issues that are going on and there may be a pain issue, uh, infective issue and some other significant medical comorbidity going on simultaneously. And in situations like that, it's important to try and make sure the patient is comfortable because a lot of the time the decision to go on opioid substitution therapy has somewhat been forced on the patient. But the principles of safety are still there and naturally a monitored hospital bed is far safer than in the community. But in general, my induction regimen dose in the community is 30 milligrams and I will increase the dose every three to five days at a time. And usually I will be monitoring the patient during that time period. Does that um, match your clinical picture, Fergal? Yeah, I agree with you that when people are being inducted in hospital and they're being supervised, you can split the dose and you can start slightly higher, you can start at 40 and you can perhaps go up faster. Um, but for community dosing, um, like you, I emphasize caution. I think I'm a little bit more cautious than you. I, I, I have two starting doses of methadone. So as far as I'm concerned, everyone is high risk until otherwise proven. And for me, all high risk induction start on 20 and all low risk induction start on 30. And I, I suppose really for ease of clinical practice, I review patients every week. And so therefore I increase the dose every week. And under a dose of 40 milligrams, I will increase the dose of methadone by five milligram steps. So from 20 to 25, 25 to 30, 30 to 35 and 35 to 40. And then over 40 milligrams, I'll increase the dose by, by 10 milligrams. Um, but yeah, also I think it's really important to highlight the issue of polypharmacy and comorbidity, you are, you are at high risk if you have any kind of hepatorenal disease, cardiorespiratory disease, or sleep apnea, or obesity, and you are at high risk if you're on more than one drug. Um, so, you know, most of our clients on methadone experience polypharmacies, so they're usually on sedative antidepressants or benzodiazepines in one form or another. So all of these uh, have to be taken into account. And as far as I'm concerned, there are no heroes in induction. There are just safe practitioners and people then who risk clinical adverse events. A lot of a lot of patients will, especially when they're being reinducted. I, I when I think about this, I haven't had a, a patient. Re actually, I probably had fewer than five patients in the last two years whom I have had to induct directly or onto methadone who've never been on methadone before. The rest of them are all patients who have had a significant experience of methadone 
and for whatever reason have to be reinducted. And those patients may ask you to start at a higher dose or progress you at a higher rate. How do you deal with that request? So I think you've already hinted at the answer there, Fergal, and the answer there is safety. And the answer is to follow the guidelines. And the guidelines are quite clear that when we're reinducting someone, we rest, it does depend on how many days they've been off the methadone for. So if it's between three to four days, one could argue that you could um, halve the dose and then increase by a bit more aggressively than you normally do. And there's no clear guideline for that. But if it's beyond five days to a week, then I would re-induct the patient as if they'd not been on methadone previously, i.e. I would start them on 30 milligrams and then increase up from there. Is that yeah. your practice as well? Yeah, so I, because I work in Victoria, I follow the the Victorian guidelines uh, on on induction. And if I'm going to re-induct, I will, I will assume they're opioid naive after having missed four days of, 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 of methadone. So for me, the cutoff is four days. And um, after that point, I think it is safer to actually, again, start at 20 or 30, depending on the clinical safety, and then go up as per the usual induction. But I am aware that that's perhaps the more cautious end of the spectrum. And I am aware that there are a number of my colleagues that will and start re-inducting at 40, 50, or even 60 milligrams of methadone. I, I just choose not to do that. There is a there's a there's a there's a there's an issue about patients who say to you, "Oh, well, look, you know, you have to induct me at a higher dose, or you have to you have to increase me or escalate my dose much more quickly than I would otherwise want, um, because otherwise I'm going to have to use again." So, what do you say to patients who say to you, "You have to push harder on induction than you are willing to do, otherwise they're going to use on top." So the first rule when we're starting someone on methadone is that no matter the previous heroin use, the starting dose is always the same, depending on whatever paradigm you choose to use, whether it's a 20 milligram starting dose or a 30 milligram starting dose. Just because someone is using a large amount of heroin doesn't mean we start at 50 or 60 or 70 milligrams. The starting dose is always the same. And what I tell my patients who are concerned that they may use on top, I say you very well may use on top. That is fine, but the guidelines for methadone are quite clear and I'm here as your doctor and my main goal is your safety. And this is a medication that is not heroin, that has a very long half-life. And the danger is by increasing the dose too quickly, a lot of this will accumulate in your system and it can increase your risk of overdose. And that is not something you nor I want. So in the interests of safety, I'm going to start you on the standard dose of methadone and we will up titrate it as per protocol. I will make sure that I get you to a dose where you feel that you are satisfied and your urges for using heroin are no longer present, but that will take time. And you may very well use on top. I'm aware of that. But... This is where I would then talk about harm reduction measures, advice take home naloxone and some of the other harm reduction measures, which we will probably talk about in, in another episode because harm reduction by and of itself is, <laughs> is, is, is too complicated a topic to talk about over, over a few minutes. But acknowledging the patient's concerns, acknowledging that they may use on top 
and acknowledging that you are there to see them through the longer term is the approach that I take. But I am not swayed by increasing my starting regimen or increasing at a more rapid rate than I'm comfortable doing. Yeah. I, I think one of the, one of the studies that, that gave me the confidence to say, look, you know, you know, the point about methadone induction is simply to induct on methadone. It's not to actually eradicate uh, heroin use is that the, the, the Californian cohort study looked at uh, a group of people who'd been on methadone for 20 years. So it was a study over 30 years, and, and they, they analyzed the response to methadone over 20 years. And what they found was that there was about a quarter of patients rapidly stopped using heroin and stayed off heroin. And about a quarter of people, despite being on methadone for 20 years, still used heroin. And then the rest of them gradually reduced over time. So what that study told me was that 25% of people, despite adequate doses of, her of methadone, still choose to use heroin on top. So the primary goal of methadone induction is not to stop heroin use. It's actually to get you to a decent dose of, me of uh, methadone. So, and, and, then and then overall, once you're on a decent dose of methadone, that that's when you can start contemplating harm reduction engagement. And then possibly, if you want to, then you can stop using heroin. But, you know, being told at Friday 4.30, oh, doctor, you have to start me on 50 because otherwise I'll use over the weekend or it's not going to hold me because I, I use heavily doesn't really you know, equate with the, the, the research, the, the evidence over time. The other issue is people who are being re-inducted. So someone's on 100 milligrams of methadone and then they come to you at, at 4.30 on a Friday or you know, having missed all week so they're beyond the four-day rule. You know, oh, doctor, I have to be on 50 or 60. You can't because otherwise I'm going to go into withdrawal and I'm not going to hold and I'll have to use on top again. For similar reasons and for the same research evidence, I choose to start people again at no more than 30 um, what's your what's your approach to um, dealing with people who've been on previously high doses and have recently lost tolerance or recently missed maybe maybe let's say five doses five days in a row they've missed and they've been on a hundred and they want to go back on something like fifty or sixty? What do you say to that? How do you manage that situation? Yeah. So the five days is the cutoff for me. So if if they've missed a few more days that are less so between three to four, usually due to concerns, I'll halve the dose that they were on previously and then re-induct over a time period. But when we're at five, six days, that is getting into kind of very dicey, dangerous territory. Yeah. Uh, and my approach is very similar to yours, Fergal. I will uh, express my apologies, express my concern, but I will start at 30 milligrams again. I do open the door to increasing the dose a tiny bit more than otherwise would than I otherwise would have, just because this patient has up until very recently been on a high dose of methadone, which we can prove. So one could increase the dose by, and this is throwing numbers out here because there are no actual guidelines as to how frequently we should increase the dose. But one could increase the dose by five milligrams every two days. Um, or, or, or something along those lines. Some people are quite aggressive and can do it. I have seen people in the community be increased by five to 10 milligrams every two days. Uh, but I err towards the side of caution there. I don't know if that's too cautious or I'd be interested to know what your, your protocol is for re-inducting people and up-titrating them post um, a period of abstinence. 
Well, I, again, you know, I, I see patients weekly, so I'm, I can't really see, uh, unless that's, there's a significantly extreme situation, I can't see people any, any more frequently than weekly. And I still go by the same induction. So that's five milligrams. If someone was on 100 milligrams, I might go up 10 per, per aliquot, per, per, per review. But um, I know a lot of, G, of, of doctors and specialists who will induct faster. And I also know a few colleagues who have been uh, effectively traumatized by the whole coronial experience because they've started on 40 and they've brought people up by you know, five or 10 every two or three days, as they always do. And then, you know, patient dies because the patient's, you know, uh, taking additional polypharmaceuticals plus additional heroin on top. And then there's, there's no, there's no understanding of the individual kinetics. And then yeah, there's an overdose and death. And it's, it's, it's a horrible situation. For me, the key point is that you cannot predict previous tolerance or current pharmacokinetic profiles in any patient. And you have to let any individual dose show its true effect by waiting those five half-lives. And yes, admittedly, a half-life in an individual patient could be two days, sorry, it could be less than 24 hours or more than 24 hours, and that, that five half-life rule could take two days, up to five days, even seven days, who knows? But how do you know? Until you do kinetic measurements, which is not done in clinical practice, how do you know? I think- Absolutely. Absolutely it's, it's, I, I, I use the analogy of walking on ice when you're inducting on methadone. Most people will get it right, but occasionally some people will throw, fall through the ice because they walk too far out in the, in the middle of the summer. That's a very good analogy and a very apt analogy and also states the dangers of this medication. There are a lot of positives. There are a lot of benefits for being on methadone, but as we've highlighted on multiple episodes on cracking addiction, the first goal of everything we do is patient safety and we must be safe and we must prescribe safely and know how we prescribe. And I think that's a perfect place to end this episode of Cracking Addiction. Thanks for your company and please join us for our future episodes where we go into methadone in more detail. But bye for now.